The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now they say you are what you eat, and how much do you know about the food that you're eating? TV chef and mindful eating coach Ashling Larkin is with us again, and today, Ashling, we're talking about something I don't particularly like, and I don't know whether that's going to offend you or not. It definitely doesn't offend me, but I'm very interested to know why. It's just that it's that taste that you get. I can tolerate it on chips. And I can go, yes, I'll eat it on chips, but I can't. If I have to put it into a recipe, I kind of, I kind of, you know, get a little bit into the throat. And we are talking, of course, about vinegar. Absolutely. Now, vinegar, I think for, for the home chef, it can be, it's a real pantry powerhouse and a staple, but it can be quite strong. As you said, it can be quite overpowering. So maybe today I might just change your mind on that. We can look at a few alternatives to the classic distilled white vinegar, which is a bit harsh, to be fair. Yeah, it can be. It gets up in the nostrils. It is quite an old thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, we're going back 5,000 years here to uh, Babylonian times where I suppose the legend basically describes that um, forgotten wine was left in storage for several months, causing it to ferment and turn sour. Now, I'm going to stop us all there before we get too excited. Um, You can't leave wine on the counter at home and hope for the best that it is going to turn into vinegar. It does not. Um, There's there's loads more history, I suppose, about it. It's very revered in terms of its culinary properties, in terms of its um, medicinal properties as well. And obviously for the fact that it is all about preservation, like vinegar is one of those condiments that helps us preserve food, which was so, so important. Even if we think back to the Spartans, um, they would travel long days, they would rest for the evenings and they would make this soup that was made from um, pigs, you know, pigs, um, and then it would be pig's blood. It was salt right. and vinegar was added into it. It was boiled up until it turned this, to this gelatinous black gloop, essentially. The younger ones would be fed the, the shredded up meat and the elders would drink this liquid. And again, it was right. thought that it was to be medicinal. Um, ancient um, well, it, Chinese dynasties. Enjoy, enjoy your dinner, by the way, if yes. you are in the middle of having a pork chop, because uh, <laughs> that, that might very well put you off. But yeah, what did the Chinese do? Um, they had, as part of their culinary teams in, in the really well-to-do dynasties, they had a very specific person and their job was solely to make vinegar. I mean, that's how much that they used it and that they revered it. And I think it's kind of one of those things that a lot of us have as a, you know, they, as you said, we've got the, the bottle of distilled white vinegar in the back of the press, but actually there's so many other types of vinegar that are, you know, so important. And it's it's becoming quite trendy now in terms of even making your own vinegars, a little bit like kombucha and stuff like that. And vinegar is kind of, it's starting to have a moment within the foodie world. Right, okay. We're not bordering on the next banana bread, I'm presuming, because this is pres- this is going to be difficult to do this. But it, the, the, the better the chef, the more they'll know what to do with vinegar, I'm guessing. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, ultimately, it's it's it comes down to it's it's basically a two-step fermentation process. Um, and you can make it from cider, where you get apple cider vinegar. You can make it from wine, red wine vinegar, white wine vinegar. You can make it from sherry, sherry vinegar. So there's so many different varieties of vinegar. And how do you know which is which? I mean, obviously the label will help you, but you should be able to tell by scent, I'm guessing. <laughs> you've got scent, you've got colour, you've got texture. And yeah, definitely the label, the label will help. And look, each one from a culinary perspective kind of has its, I mean, 
vinegar is in every single culture and every single, you know, food culture. So it kind of depends a little bit on the region and the type of cuisine that you're cooking, which vinegar you want to use as Mm. well. Is it more of a preservative though, Ashling? Was that the original use of it? I mean, salt and vinegar kind of go together with crisps very well, but salt was always used as a preservative. Vinegar kind of pickled things, which meant that it was naturally preserving a foodstuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, I suppose, the whole heart of the easiest way is yeah, preservation is a, such a good one for it. Flavour as well, though. So in terms of preserving, like we can preserve your vegetables. You've got things like pickled cucumber, pickled onion, pickled squash, pickled carrot, pickled grapes, pickled mushrooms. Um, and then you've obviously got your pickled fish as well. So, I mean, that's going back. That was it. It was a method of, I suppose, not allowing us to starve in those harder months. Oh. Um, and now we tend to use it much more for kind of a punch and a kick of flavour in food. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say all the things you listed as pickled there are universally mank. You you can talk about the pickled onion as possibly the exception, but it is very only slightly on the line. (gasps) Everything, a pickle, how could you eat a pickled carrot? The poor old carrot didn't do that much to offend you, Oh, they're beautiful. Pickling adds this layer of sourness and kind of punch and tartness to recipes, particularly if you have foods that are kind of quite high fat foods. Um, You kind of need something to balance out that fatness and to cut through the fat, and that's where pickled works so beautifully. I have the most delicious recipe. Actually, I'll put it up on my Instagram after this. It is smoked salmon pate on treacle brown bread with pickled cucumber. And I serve it as a Christmas starter all the time. It is one of my absolute favourite mm. recipes. Now, you see, we're, again, we're going to fall out here. <laughs> cucumber is one of the foods I can't actually eat because if I eat the seeds of the cucumber, that is all I will taste for about two or three days afterwards. I just get terrible repeating oh, cucumber no. taste. And it's awful. It really it is. A, it is a scourge. And there isn't a amount of vinegar in the world that would prevent it from happening. What about balsamic vinegar? Like goat's cheese salad, little drizzle of balsamic vinegar over it. Would you try something like that? Uh, yeah, I would do that because I, I actually like that. I think balsamic is probably one of the ones that I would make an exception for. The white table vinegar only on the chips. Balsamic is different. It's not as kind of... Uh, let me put it this way, uh, throat scorchy uh, as some of the other vinegars out there. (laughs) It's definitely more mellow. It's more rounded. Uh, You're definitely a man of discernment, Jonathan, by all accounts, because balsamic vinegar and good... That's a very nice way of saying awkward, (laughs) by the way. Uh, Well done. (laughs) Balsamic vinegar is one of those ones that it's um, it's DOP, so it's it's specifically protected from the area. So it must come from Emilia Romagna in in Italy. Um, and there's two types, I suppose. You've got Modena and you've got Reggio Emilia, and both of those produce what we call proper, authentic balsamic vinegar. It has to be matured for 12 years. It's fermented and they use this process that's called a Solera process. Um, it's used in distilling and ultimately what they do is they move... Um, the, the the vinegar or the balsamic vinegar through a series of barrels over a course of a number of months and years to allow it to mature. And what they do is they have casks that are made out of oak and chestnut and cherry and juniper and mulberry and they move the vinegar through these. So what they're doing is they're having a little bit of the mature vinegar is in the bottom barrel. They drain that out but they leave a little bit of the mature balsamic vinegar in it and then they move the younger vinegars year by year in. So they're continually mixing the mature vinegar vinegar with the young vinegar. So actually, you can't really 
age or put a date on how old a balsamic vinegar is. But what they do is they bring in an, an, a panel of expert judges and they taste the vinegar and then they determine the grade of how good the quality of the balsamic vinegar is by determining, you know, what, what the flavour profile of it is. And exactly what you said, it has a, it's almost like a complex kind of rich sweetness that comes with it. It's almost syrupy and it's velvety. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're making whiskey, by the way, the way you're describing it there. It's, it's like what they do down in Middleton of transferring stuff into different kegs and, and using what's in the keg to mature the That's whiskey. The it sounds like a very similar process. It's the exact same process. That's exactly it. And they do the same in Jerez, um, or the southwestern area of Spain in Cadiz, where they make um, sherry vinegar. So they make sherry and obviously then they've started to make sherry vinegar. And it's the exact same process that they use for that. Hmm. You're you're, you're going to tell me about pickling as a Christmas gift idea. Now, I I can imagine if you've someone in your life you don't like that this would be an option. Um, What what could you possibly give? I mean, if anyone's (laughs) listening who doesn't like me, pickled cucumber is the way to go for December 25th. But what other pickling Christmas gift ideas are Yeah, well, listen, I mean, we kind of went through some of them there. But I mean, you obviously have your pickled cucumber, as I said, is a lovely one. Pickled carrot, pickled red onion on any salad that you make. A lovely winter warmer salad. Add a little bit of pickled onion to it and it's gorgeous and such a simple recipe 200 mils of white wine vinegar 200 mils of water 50 grams of caster sugar and a teaspoon of sea salt in there chop up your veg pop them in give them a couple of days and they'll begin to pickle and it's just I think it's a really really lovely one and there's so many other recipes that I think we use vinegar in that we you know as you said classically you've got your salt and vinegar crisps and your chips but there's so many other things top tip if you're making really nice mashed potato and you've got your cream and your butter and your salt add half a teaspoon of vinegar into that that and watch what? the flavours sing. What? It's incredible. Are you trying to tell me that I should ruin my mashed potatoes? I got given out to once for putting mayonnaise into mashed potatoes. You're telling me I should put vinegar in now? Just like a quarter, half a teaspoon. And the same thing actually if you're making potato salad or a slaw. A really, I have a beautiful recipe actually. Again, I'll put it on my Instagram. It's for a Brussels sprout slaw. It's absolutely gorgeous. Red cabbage, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> Are you not a fan of Brussels sprouts either? No, no I, I actually, I like Brussels sprouts, but I love the way that people put in the strongest possible taste into Brussels sprouts so that they can be deemed more edible uh, and more consumable. (laughs) Definitely. Well, listen, okay, I'm I'm going to give you this one because I think you will love this one. Strawberries. They're going a little bit out of season on us at the moment. If you Mm -hmm. pour some of the one you like, balsamic vinegar, over your strawberries, roast your strawberries in the oven, you get these beautiful balsamic roast strawberries. And I make a fabulous galette, which is this free form, incredibly easy tart or a pie. And you pile those balsamic roast strawberries into the pastry. It's like a puff pastry. Bake it in the oven for 45 minutes. A little bit of pistachio around the edge. Serve that with a big scoop of vanilla ice cream. That is balsamic vinegar. No, uh, yeah, I could... I could definitely get myself into that now. You're, you're, you're speaking my language. Does vinegar get a bad rap because of the distilled white vinegar that, that sits in the press? I mean, I think the one we have at home uh, has probably been there for about five or six years at this point. If it goes off, um, I, I certainly don't notice the odd time that I use it. I mean, that, it's, it's literally, we are taking the cheapest brand of vinegar and, and forming our opinions based on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's 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 such a bad way to do it, obviously, because as we said, in terms of like the quality that we've just spoken about there from a sherry vinegar or a balsamic, like you take something like that with a little bit of ghost cheese, it will transform a dish. Sherry vinegar over tomatoes with a little bit of sea salt at room temperature. 
you'll never taste tomatoes like them. Like they're absolutely gorgeous. So I think it has its uses like our distilled white wine. You know, even if you're making fluffy pancakes, a little bit of vinegar into your mixture with your bicarbonate of soda makes your pancakes super fluffy. It can help you when you're poaching eggs. It can help you make fluffy mm. rice. You know, it, it does have its uses. But as a flavour, no. See, can I tell you something? Just c- cutting in there. Gar Mullins, if you're listening, the head chef of the Marco Hotel, I told him about putting vinegar into the uh, into into the poaching of the eggs, he was appalled, absolutely appalled at the prospect of that. But I'm glad now you've backed me up on that, Ashley. There's one over on Gar. Yeah, look, it, it's the denaturation of the protein. It helps the albumin to set before you put it in the water. There's scientific reasons. I mean, if you know, if you've got tons of skill like Gareth, you probably don't need to do that. But for home cooks <laughs> who need a little bit of help, a little bit of vinegar doesn't go astray. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he was telling me put vinegar in and I told him that was nonsense because of my dislike of vinegar. So it could have been one or the other. Listen back to the podcast if you have time. And indeed, you can listen back to this one right now or check out Ashling Larkin's uh, Instagram page. What are you on, Ashling? It is Ashling underscore Larkin underscore on Instagram. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time, Ashling Larkin. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.